supposed to just be actors, but I can say what I want because I believe in gendered language, just like all of the romance languages have gendered language. Latin is a gendered language. Greek and Hebrew are gendered languages, and so is English. Um, so actors are dudes and actresses. Actresses is are women, or you could just use the umbrella term actor. Uh, but anyway, this one specific actress, and I won't call her out by name, she does a lot of voice acting and she sucks. She's terrible. She plays a few cards. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host and the original uncloseted conservative. Guys, we've got an awesome show for you today, and the hour will just fly by, so we are going to skip the fluff. Today's episode is presented by my pillow. Guys, Mike Lindell, he's been fighting for your freedoms and for uh, securing the blessings of uh, liberty for well, himself, but also for our posterity. I don't think Mike has kids, actually. But anyway, uh, for your posterity, those little ninos that you have running around, yes, if you want them to live in an America that's at least as good, but hopefully better than the one that you grew up in, then you've got to support Patriots fighting the good fight like one Mike Lindell. You can do that at MyPillow.com. Use promo code Mobley at checkout. Guys, you get up to 66% off all over the website. We're talking pillows, slippers, robes, and I can't say enough good things about the robes. Uh, I can't say enough good things about the slippers. They're on my feet right now. As we speak, mypillow.com is the website. Promo code Mobley at checkout. For you fanatically challenged ones, Mobley is spelled M-O-B-L-E-Y. We've got one, Robert Wood Anderson, author of a riveting book, and not just a book, but a book series, The Revenant Runner. Uh, Popford's Run Thriller series. Guys, the website is right below where you can get this book. It's the last... Well, it's the third book. I don't know if it's the last. It's the third book in a three-part series by Robert Wood Anderson. And that website is supposed to be on the screen, but I don't know what I'm doing. So there we go. There's the website. It's uh, com. You can just click it below. You don't have to type that in. It's a button. You just touch it with your finger. Guys, if you can't do that, then I don't think that Robert and I can help you. Uh, but you can go to his website again. It's Robert Wood Anderson. He's the author of this three-part series. Of course, you can go to Amazon, but it's better to go to Robert's website. Uh, but if for some reason that's too difficult for you, you can check out the Popford's Run series on Amazon right now and get the book. The latest book in the series is The Revenant Runner. It's uh, We're still on the journey with Stephen Popperford. Excellent, excellent story. Guys, you don't want to miss it. So that's enough of me running my mouth. Let's get into it with Casey and Robert. Hope you guys enjoy the show. 
I'm I'm still dancing to the every time the little bumper thing goes, I just want to do like a little jig. Yeah, I hear it every day. I don't know why I still do it, and and I always out myself. No one can see it except for the three of us, but it like goes on. I do like a little Trump dance. It's kind of funny. Anyway, guys, how are you doing? I'm great. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely enjoying life now. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's in that cup, Casey? Be honest. Uh good old just maybe mud, baby. That's yeah. <laughs> All right. I got water today. Oh. It really is water. And I mean everyone knows that I enjoy uh tequila. Actually, I really enjoy bourbon. Um, but it's not tequila, guys. It's water. Um, this would be a stiff glass of tequila, by the way. Yeah. I was considering a glass of gin because you can't tell it's you know, yeah. there it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's for later in the day. Yeah. <laughs> later in the day. I would say things I can't say on radio. Oh, yeah, exactly. That Well, that's Casey's the master of the editing because he oh, always good. says something that I have to go back and edit. Uh, <laughs> I've been pretty it. good lately. I think I only dropped one F on you. Oh, man. The radio is so uh, funny. Podcast isn't so bad, but the, is it FCC, I guess, FCC. is radio? Yes. They're um they're an interesting group. And hey, you guys know it's a family friendly show and, and we warn you when we're talking about adult topics, uh usually, unless I just jump into it and I'm like, oh yeah, if you have kids around, you should probably um, you know, because unfortunately that's the culture uh that we live in and we talk about all those things. Uh but today's a little bit of a different show. We've only had two authors on the show in the whole... It's uh, our two-year anniversary is next month. So in the whole two years, we've only had two authors and you are the third. And um, you had me on on your deal first. I greatly appreciate that and, and getting exposed to your audience. And I know some people that have come over from the Fearless Live Summit uh, where they heard of me. So thanks again for putting that on, uh, Robert. But uh, tell the people who you are and... Um, I kind of spilled the beans. That's how we got connected is the, the Fearless Live Summit. But tell people who you are, and uh, we'll we'll dive into the interview. Well, I'm Robert Wood Anderson, and uh, it's Wood because there's so many other people that are Robert Wood, or Robert Anderson, or Robert Wood. It's a very popular name, especially if you're Scots-Irish. And uh, so I have to distinguish myself a little bit. It happens to be my middle name, so I figured I'd use that. I It screams like... A publishing company or a media cert like RWA, like RWA Industries or services yes, yes. or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, actually, it's good, the, it's good the, initials. It's uh, it's it's totally sharp publishing. Ah, which uh, is only a, a dream in my head that I will always be taught and sharp. But uh, yeah, so uh, let's see. What what was the question? Where you're talking about me? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about you, man. I have had a very uh, mixed life, shall we say. It's all been good, uh, but I've gone down many paths that um, I shouldn't have and find a way out, thank God. And I, I mean that seriously. Uh, and it's only been about oh, 20 years, 25 years. And I finally uh, got back to to the church Um uh, and I'm so blessed because of my wife's help in doing that and just by being herself, you know, and just the Holy Spirit just kept picking at me and picking at me and wouldn't leave me alone. So yeah. I was I was raised an Episcopalian and but I'm in the Catholic Church now and very, very happy to be so. Um so anyway, I mean, I've done all kinds of things in my life. Um 
I was uh, involved in nursery business in California for many years, selling selling uh, on the road and then selling nationally for one of the biggest uh, growers in the country. Um, I left there and and um, in a couple of steps, I ended up working for the National Rifle Association Association in California, raising money for their their foundation. Um, Working out of Central California, it was a pleasure and a joy to work with all the volunteers. Just an amazing experience. Uh, I started working for the NRA when I was 65 and thought that, well, this will be like retirement. But I knew enough about I knew enough about volunteering that, no, it's seven days a week. And it's, uh, it's yeah. attention, attention to your audience, if you will, because uh, they're the ones doing all the work. I do stuff in the background and stuff but uh it was it was great um i finally decided it was time to retire and did we moved back to nebraska where my wife was born and i grew up she here in omaha and well, i'm born in the omaha area and uh i born in dc and middle of the just just about time the second world war was done and uh you know my family is was in uh lincoln so what can I tell you? My first job was was wearing a three piece suit and working in downtown LA at a distribution center for IBM loading trucks. Um, my suit was ruined the first day when I stuck my pen in my back pocket and put a hole in the suit in the back pocket. Uh, a, a suit's an interesting outfit for loading trucks. For lo- <laughs> it was it was the last year for last couple of years for required everybody wears a suit wow yeah and everybody wears a tie red tie black suit and you know watson had decided it so is this it, is this is the 70s then Okay, that's totally true. Everyone wore a suit. Homeless people wore suits back then. (laughs) There weren't any homeless people. Yeah, that's true. Uh, We put them somewhere else, I guess, because anyway, anyway, I didn't have to wear a hat. That rule went away the year before I was hired. I didn't last long there. I went on the road with a singing group for three years and... uh, had a wonderful time doing that, but it certainly did not uh, accomplish much in my future. I came back to Omaha thanks to uh, the the help of uh, my brother and sister-in-law and went back to school. Um, I graduated with honors and then decided to go to graduate school, a place I thought I'd never go and said I would never return to, and that's in California. That's uh, yeah, so <laughs> you know you, you can make your own plans, but God has, has a little finger on it. Anyway, uh, I started writing so seriously in the in the '80s, and in fact, um, in fact, the first book in this series, Resurrection Runner, was written uh, first draft in 1983, and it's a story of about a guy who is captured by government and under, you know, dark, dark, dark government uh, agencies um, and some international folks. And he's a, he's an assassin for them, a government assassin. And the way they do this is he thinks he's, he thinks he's the greatest thing in the world. He thinks he's the best assassin in the world. And frankly, he's not. They wipe his brain after every mission. So he, and then replace it with some other thing that tells him how wonderful he was. So, 
he never knows who he is until halfway through the book and he figures it out. And then, yeah, things start to really happen. So it's, but this guy uh, thought he was going to have just a happy, happy life, nothing happening um, until the second book. And years later, he gets, um, his, his property gets, gets raided like a SWAT team. But it isn't. It's it's some people he used to know. And so it's interesting that you have these concepts out there in 1983. And there's been a couple of different movies. Johnny Mnemonic comes to mind. Yep. Uh, it was uh, oh, uh, Memento. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, what's the other one I think of time to time? Um, Manchurian Candidate. There you go. Yeah. I saw that in the book. I yeah. saw that in well, not in the book, in in the cover of the book, not in the yeah the story it's, of the book. You know, so that was that was in my head at the time, and it's um, yeah, I I've, I wrote I don't know seven eight books, then none of them published. Um, I'm thinking about bringing a couple of them back. They need a little rewrite, to say the least. The yeah. the first book, uh, Resurrection Runner. If you if you read it, you'll note that there are no there are no cell phones. Uh, Computers are far, few, and far between. It's you know, so it, it it I decided just to leave it the way it is. No sense in changing it. So a bunch of time lapses between book one and book two. So it's a series that really takes the arc of this fellow who is has been used by everybody around him and who has really no life that he knows about and he's developing a new life and then other things start to happen to him but this arc brings him to what i will call a demonic um entities who are working this happens in the second book and it's and it develops further in the third book and it's really a struggle for life and death for the whole world um, I won't give away too much about the third book, but if you if you like uh, to see the devil have a struggle with his number two, in order to kill all humans in the world, then you know and replace him, which is cosmically funny. Um, so I I did I did the um it just came about two days ago. Yeah. So I did the old college trick, and I I read probably two thirds of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, probably two thirds. But I thought that that was cosmically funny, though, given you know how the devil became the devil, and then I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, and I mean, I was surprised by some of the characters. Uh, I was surprised by the share. But anyway, it's a yes. uh, it's a good book. It's a good book. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yes. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I'm, and so now you were talking about this. I just watched a series, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago where Satan and his number two in this, um, it was on Netflix. Okay. It's interesting how like you have these stories that have been out since the 80s and there's just all of these, It's it, it, I mean, it almost seems like people are taking your idea and applying it to their art. I, getting ripped excuse off, me, dude. Excuse me, I'm <laughs> laughing too much. I, I, uh, well, first of all, I I would be honored, but the fact is that the last two books were written one last year, one two years ago, and one last year. So it's finally coming. It's coming out the next the next week. Um, 
<laughs> I didn't know about that movie. I'd sue if I did. But, you know, everybody needs a good lawyer. My father was a oh, lawyer. Yeah. You know, lawyers are... Preacher. Preacher is the series. It, it was AMC. Oh, yeah. Preacher. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to see that. I will look at it. Yeah, it's yes. pretty good. <laughs> they couldn't have stolen it from me. But I think they I, did. I don't, just because I didn't see it, I couldn't have stolen it from them either. Uh-huh. Right. Great right. minds. You know, great see? minds. <laughs> Seth. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. So it's, uh, you know, it's coming out. Um, it is on Amazon, and it's coming out. Um, I've, I've changed the date. That's just the first announcement of it. It's going to be next Friday, the 28th, the week from today. And... Um, Right now, it's on pre-order. It's on the amazing price of Kindle for 99 cents, which makes me shudder, but there it is. I'm trying to, frankly, get get to a number, number one spot in a couple of categories, and I'm getting close. It, it's all based on how many orders you get in a, in a particular day. So it, oh, yeah, it changed, you were, you it were just saying everything. that you were down the 15 uh, the other day. Yes, I so was. You guys, you guys need to look. If you can't order a 99 cent ebook, you don't have to buy the hard copy. But come on, come on. And it's good. It's it's really good series. You should get all three. Uh, but what's important right now today is that you get the Revenant Runner. I appreciate that. And send it to your friends and f- family and tell them, you know, this, this is the thing. And buy your Christmas gifts. <laughs> so for it's 99 cents. Bad. <laughs> you got to okay. okay, that... tell us what the inspiration was for Stephen Popperford, um, because uh, he definitely seems like a relatable character. Uh, and I know Casey and I can relate to him as well. Uh, it's, it's just yeah, some, in what, in some things way? that guys do. Like we, we, we do these types of things, <laughs> these types of journey arcs. It's like, ah, oh, yes, this yes. is very familiar. Well, I... <laughs> You know, I I agree with you, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you this. I, actually, Popford um, came from in those days um, when we actually, when the Soviet Union was still around, and we actually were considered, you know, we were at war with them, frankly. And uh, I I was I took Russian in high school. I was horrible at it. But, you know, the name seemed to be that. So he started out as a, as a Russian character, and he, and he wasn't by the time I got through with it. And so he never was, except on my head. But I left the word. It sounds like a Russian name to me, even though it probably isn't. <laughs> so, but he is, uh, I don't know, he's just a fellow that has, that's lost but thinks he's thinks he's on the right track until he figures it out. And then... Oddly enough, he, not oddly enough, but he actually has some skills because he's been doing things for a long time, um, but not for not for people that he thought he was doing for doing it for, not for good reason. So it's almost like he's a programmed narcissist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What it is. Yeah. Yeah. I like <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> good time. I think I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> It it is um, yes, uh, you know in the old days when I went to, when I was in school there were certain people they called greasy grinds. I don't know if you know the term, but it was the person that actually sat down and studied all the time, instead of the people that liked to you know, party and 
think they were they were adults. And, yeah, uh, and we now call those guys Elon Musk and also richest guys in the world. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't put it that way, but because uh, I've, I've turned into one, and I'm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was a nerd in school, but uh, textbook wise, I was a nerd. I liked to read. I was in those clubs, math, science. I was on the chess team and the chess club, but I've always been charismatic and I've always been an athlete. So because of those reasons, I was popular but I'm definitely a nerd. Like anyone who talks to me for five minutes is like, oh, you're a nerd. You're one of those people that knows a lot about a lot instead of a little about, or a lot about a little bit of topics. And it's because I'm a nerd. And uh, my son's a nerd. My father-in-law's a nerd. And when the three of us get together and talk, like my (laughs) wife's eyes just gloss over, they glaze over in like 90 (laughs) seconds. Um, you know, what's interesting though, like the difference for me between college and high school or just, just grammar school all the way up to to high school is it was all based off of sports, 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 sports. So I got a 2.0 so that I could play sports. (laughs) Once I took sports out of the equation, I turned into a nerd. Yeah. My, my motivation and my, my focus completely changed and the, the collegiate system of learning was so much different than in grade school. I, I flourished. Oh, it. yeah. I don't understand why grade school isn't like college. I I needed some reprogramming, really, because um, I, I didn't struggle when I went to college. It just took me a while to get my bearings. Um, and it wasn't the adjustment of uh, <laughs> Casey's got a piano desk there. <laughs> it wasn't the adjustment of being on my own. Um, I, I was emancipated as a teenager, so I was on my own for a year and a half before I, I graduated high school. Uh, but there's definitely something different about the way the material gets out or whatever between grade school and college. Uh, but anyway, I don't even know how we how we got on that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you my quick story about that. I flunked out of UCLA. I got there and I didn't have a clue. I didn't even know where the classes were. <laughs> uh, I got in, I got into a, a fraternity and drank too much and you know learned to smoke. And actually, I didn't. It was later than that. But was it? Yes. No. Anyway. So it got all fuzzy. It got fuzzy then. It's still looking at things. It's still fuzzy. fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I will say this. I, I'm I'm a tall guy. I'm I'm six eight. And uh, when I was young, I was as a kid at UCLA, and uh, a guy named uh, Lou Alcindor, uh, now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, was there uh, along with Coach Wooden, and uh, I think their fourth or fifth squad could beat anybody in the country. And the coach came up to me one day and said, son, you should come out, you should come out for practice. <laughs> um, I didn't come out for practice. So there we go. There's a, there's a fork in the road. <laughs> the road not taken. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I was a stump. I could stumble over any high hurdle and land in the cinders on the track. I could, you know, I was, I was no good. I was a swimmer, not very great. That's about the end of my my sports yeah, career. That's your, your oh man, sports could have been a wide receiver, you know. Not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All hey, right. Hey. Well, before we get into the next thing, guys, if you 
identify as a freedom loving patriot who only believes there are two genders and uh, maybe have ideas about elections and other things, and make sure that you smash that like button. If that's you, if you identify as whatever the doctor selected uh, on your birth certificate, then go ahead and hit that uh, like button for us. Make sure you share the show and subscribe. So writing a book, writing a book is like a big journey. I, I know that there are a lot of people who are just like, Ah, I can't do it. It's too much work. Um, talk to us about your process. One, I'm interested in writing at least one book, and I've kind of outlined it. Um, I just feel like I'm not quite old enough to release this specific book uh, because I'm in my mid-30s, and I feel like this is a 45-plus. Were you already writing your memoirs or something? <laughs> no, I'm not writing a memoir. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll... Kind of a book on success, but like... I'm well, in my mid-30s. I should give it some time. <laughs> I don't agree with you at all. And that's, uh, I'll tell you about that. I just don't agree with that. It's, it's certainly in the mind that, we, that we're not prepared or we're not the right, <clears throat> excuse me, the right voice. Um, but if it's in your heart and it's there, there are people that want to read it and want to see it and will get great benefit from it. And if you don't, if, if you don't think that, then why would they have any interest in 10 years? <laughs> yeah. You see? So you, <laughs> there's an audience. It may not be an audience. Well, look, anybody who looks at you that would be reading the book is at least your age mm -hmm. or, or younger saying, what am I going to do? And I like this guy. And what's, what, how come he's so successful? What do he do? The story is everything. If you're writing a nonfiction book, I, I trust. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, I've already, I've already got the intellectual prop rights to this because I've talked about it at least twice, at least once publicly on a very large platform. Uh, but the basic idea is, um, and I, I, I went to a title workshop, a writing workshop, and I realized I needed to change the title. The title used to be called Submitting to Success. Um, you know, kind of like a, a success leaves clues, stop trying to recreate the wheel mm -hmm. and do what other people have done, uh, which are really just biblical principles. It's like success is straight out of Proverbs. Do this, don't do that. Probably going to be successful. Uh, and it came from this idea. I'm listening to Dave Ramsey talk. You guys know that I love Dave Ramsey. He's the the no debt, every dollar balling on the budget guy. Um, he was talking to the pastor and the pastor, he said to the pastor, or no, the pastor said to him, um, you just, I listen to your show and you say the same stuff every day. You say the same three to five things all the time. And he told the pastor, well, so do you. You say the same three to five things. Every time, every sermon, year after year after year. And it's like, because it just works, guys. Spend more or spend less than you make. Save, put aside for the future. Uh, you know, budget your time. Like, and just like if, if you say, hey, I don't have the answers, but someone else has done this. And if I submit to the authority of that method, then it'll probably work for me too. If we're talking diets, if we're talking health and exercise regimens, if we're talking budgeting, building a house, learning a skill, we don't have to start at square zero. Like we could start with the wisdom of someone else, which really means that you need to read books. So it's kind of a book about that, uh, submitting to the path that is success. That's great. Um, What's that old saying? A wise man learns from his mistakes. A wiser man learns from someone else's. 
<laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. But it, exactly. And that's well, that, the book. The book and is. So, and so your audience is already there. They're young. They're old. They're wherever they are in their, in their journey. And they need this message before they make all the mistakes. So <laughs> Robert's going to get me to start writing this book. Well, now. I, I, well, I'm telling you, if you wait another 10 years, you've just left out 10 years of people that, are, that would grab yeah, it that's now. True. So, and you, and by the way, you, you would miss out on writing the next 10. That, that I was follow. just about to say that. Yeah. Once you write that first book that you, you get in that, that uh, it's almost like a, the snowball effect, right? Well, yeah. you write that first book. I see what you did there, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> the the debt <laughs> snowball. <laughs> oh, I would encourage you to do it. I mean, oh, what can you, what, what's the worst thing going to happen? You think it sucks and you never do anything with it, but I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, that's so true. Think, well, hey, right? you know, I took the first baby step. I reached out to a publishing company actually uh -huh. about a week or two ago. They gave um, you a response? Yeah, yeah, they did. Is it good? I don't know yet. We're we're oh. meeting the chit chat. They responded to my cold email, and well, it's like, good. "Hey, let's talk." Uh, well, you know, that's a good sign. Take them, the up. take them up. Get all what? you can get. <laughs> also, <laughs> one of the things that I've always wanted to do, and I think it's just because I'm so ADD and all over the place, I just can't get myself to sit down and start writing and knock out the book. I got a great story. I I think there are companies out there where you can just record it or just tell them, hey, this is my story. Now write the book for me. <laughs> I, you, I think there's some I, voice memos, man. You just, just start doing record it like voice memos. Then. Interesting. You, you can do that. You can, yeah, sure. You can, you can transcribe your own speech. Yeah. Have to edit it, but. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Well, that's it, how, that that's how I write publisher jokes. Publisher does though, right? They go through and they do all the editing and all that kind of stuff for you. Or uh, on you. I are you speaking to me? I'm sorry. I, don't I, was, I, don't I was yawning. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't tired. I'm just. <laughs> I'm not bored at all. No, 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 no. Here's here's the deal. You're right. I write. I'll tell you. I write the whole book. Mm -hmm. It takes some time, and I, I have. I have a notion of where it's going. I I outlined, generally speaking, maybe. 10, 15 chapters, but the, and the end is sometimes nebulous. The end of this book, I knew, I knew what the ending would be when I was three quarters through. I had a choice that I knew I had to make and it was hard to make it, but it, the writing, the book, the story made it inevitable to me. So, um, but you, you write and you, and you get it done and you say, gosh, that's great. You read it again and you realize there's so many typos and so much stuff because you're not thinking about that. And that's fine too. And I usually give it to my wife to read. And when she's she's good, when, she, when something just doesn't feel right, like the second book, I was probably 50 pages into it before I gave it to her to look at. She said, you know, this is wrong. You should start over again. And she was right. I was just going down the very wrong path. So, uh, look, is, nobody's going to know about what's happening to begin with until you present it to somebody. But you get through it, you, re, you rewrite it, have somebody else go through it too. And then if you, if you can, get a professional editor, editor. And there are several kinds of editing. You need 
what's for, for grammar, for context, for flow, all that stuff where, mm -hmm. where maybe a chapter should come before another one or an action should happen, you know, after something. So you, they're getting a professional to do that, getting some uh, professional to make your, make your cover, um, very important so that it fits in with the genre that you're attacking and the artwork on these books is very good um i i knew i saw that when we first met almost a year ago now and you sent me links uh i think you sent me links to the first book uh but the artwork on here is really good well i didn't do it myself i must confess Dell, yeah, yeah that, that's good. You, you hire someone. See if I did it myself, it wouldn't look like that. You, well, you can carry on. <laughs> that'd, be very, that'd be pretty cool, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the book is written in crayon. Sorry, success, success for everybody with coloring. A coloring book. <laughs> yeah. uh, Listen, it's, uh, I think everybody else has their separate ways of, of doing it. But uh, once you get into it, I find that I find that I fight it, I fight it, I fight it. And then I just sit down and, and go and I go till I, till I can't go anymore. And I, I stop and often in the middle of the night, I get ideas that uh, about how it should go next and what should happen. And so it's, it's more fluid than, uh, than some books might be uh, in, in, in the making. Um, I'm working on a nonfiction book myself right now, uh, and that's about similar thing that you're you're talking about, Joe. And that's, you know, have the courage to jump up and just do the darn thing. You're, you're yeah. You're and so, Joe. I'm wondering why you asked that question because uh, you were on the summit. And <laughs> <laughs> I was. Well, it's not something that I'm afraid to do. I I think, and this is one of the. The um, being a consultant is like a blessing and a curse. So I am such a plan person. Someone someone wants to start a popsicle stand or something, and I'm like thinking business plan, economies of scale, like and all this stuff that's unnecessary to opening a popsicle stand. Um, but that's kind of one of the ways that being a consultant has plagued my my process is very scheduled. It's it's very you know, this, then this, then this, yeah, then this. Sure. Um, so Make the plan, execute the plan. Yeah, exactly. One of my kids is knocking on the door. <laughs> it's okay with me if they come in. Oh, it's <laughs> up to you. Oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> All right. She's going to say hi. Okay. Which is, this happened very oh. often when I did my Hello. show at night. <laughs> All right. So, hi, honey bear. Everyone knows that I have four kiddos. This is number three. Can you say hi? Hi. Hi. <laughs> tell everyone what your name is. Daisy. 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 Hi. What do you want to do? I just say, Use your big girl voice. I just want to know if I can go downstairs. No, Grandpa's working. <laughs> But James is down there. James is helping Grandpa. They're doing I some work. I want to help too. No. <laughs> Aww. All right, I'm gonna get back to my interview. Okay. Can you say bye? Bye. Goodbye, bye, sweetheart. Whoa. It was a pleasure meeting you. Bye. <laughs> Aww. Uh, darling. Darling. 
her hair is like our fifth child. It really is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, which is one of those things. Um, yeah, like mixed child hair is like a genre. Someone should write a book about that. <laughs> uh, oh, my table's all cattywampus now. There we go. Robert, yeah. you were actually saying something earlier that I I never thought about and never wrote a book, but um, you'll start writing a book and not really know what the ending's going to be like, correct? I do. Some people, don't, you know, they know start to finish. And I think in... Uh, and not in nonfiction, that's a pretty darn good idea. You better know what you're writing about and why and the whole thing. Right. Um, but there, there's a life that that um, grows while you're while you're writing. The story's life changes, and 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 I, if I had an ending that had you know had to get to, then I could probably do that. But I think I would become a, a kind of an unnatural storyline mm. because that that ending may not actually comport with the with the whole story the, the tone of it and the writing of it which the whole thing's alive really it's it's a living thing it's almost like a growing yeast mm -hmm. you know, the little bubbles are in there all the time and you keep looking at it and say i hope those aren't eyes no, just <laughs> look in the refrigerator but anyway um I digress. Um, yeah, so I've it's it's the way I do it. It's it's some people is as I say have the plan start to finish, and God bless them. I don't think I have the brain to do it. So I um, the stories are pretty complicated. A lot of characters and things that have to but yeah, I can just kind well, of grow. And that well, and it's, you know, with that whole snowball effect, I, I'm. Uh, now that you explain it to me, it's like, okay, I can actually see how that turns into a second book. As you're writing the first book, you're already coming up with ideas for the second and third. Yes, yes. It's cool. It's cool. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah. So I, I'm an outliner. Robert, you'd mentioned outlining. So I've got like 50 of these moleskin notebooks. And I, I get the ones that are, um, that are kind of Cornell notes. Yes. Organized. Yes, yes. And I just outline and outline and outline. This is how I write jokes. This is how I plan interviews. This is how I, when I make short form videos or TikToks or whatever, um, or skits, comedy skits, this is how I do it. Um, but uh, there are like two of these that are the Submit to Success book. Um, so there's, there's, enough, there's enough for the pitch. There's enough for the outline. The book's not written. Um, and I, and I still don't know if I, so I've gone on some of the journeys I've gone on the debt-free journey and saying, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Let me submit myself to the authority of someone else and their plan and their wisdom, which was Dave Ramsey, but which was really just Proverbs. You know, he, he stole it from the old Testament, <laughs> go figure. Um, but I, I've, so I can, you know, my wife and I would pay it off, I think $93,000 of debt. Uh, on an wow. E5 salary. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, w I was, we were sole, uh, we were one income household at the time. I was a sergeant, a, a, a sergeant, nothing, like an E5 sergeant in the United States Army. Um, so whew, that's not a lot of money, folks. Uh, but anyway, you know, we did it, submit to the plan, it works. Um, I, I've done things like that for like uh, dietary uh, process. 
but I, I want to, I don't know if I want to physically do one or two of the other kind of plans or if I want to pull in uh, on someone else's story and kind of write about it. Um, like I, I've never been huge. I've never uh, been three, 400 pounds and had to lose a bunch of weight. So that's not a journey that I've been on. Um, thankfully, I've not been addicted to anything, but there are proven processes for that um, as well. Uh, so I'm still kind of figuring out there's now it's just notebooks, uh, <laughs> but case, I mean, oh. uh, notebooks is the same as voice memos. You send me voice memos all the time, dude. That could be, uh, this is true. Just store true. them on your phone. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, what's funny is that you, well, you, you just have to just do it. That's the thing, you know, it's just, there's the marketing. Doing idea. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. But it's true. It's, it's, Dude, it's so simple like and yet it's so darn difficult. Yeah. Yes. It really is that just to start it and think, oh, I can't do this. I'm so I'm so awful. And just keep keep going. Uh, you know, uh, Another thing that gets me is the marketing campaign. I think it would be a disaster. You know, I've marketed shirts, I market these, I'm coming out with the mugs, I'm marketing those. And marketing is something that I do not enjoy. So it's kind of looming in the back of my mind, like, oh, I have to promote this book. Um, would there be a tour? Would this be a huge disaster? It's a lot. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to write a book. The uh, marketing is something I hate too, and I think a lot of writers do. It's it's yeah. maybe because we've not done it very much. It's the business aspect of your well, I don't art. Mind, yeah, I don't mind business, but it's just it's it's the getting out in front of people and and uh, doing doing all the things that a publicist should be doing. So uh, I I would suggest if you can, is yes, take, pass that off to somebody who's a pro at it. Um, I don't know enough about about the publishing business to suggest. Um, um, being self-published or not self-publishing is what I've been doing. And it certainly is, um, takes some experience and learning. And so I've, I've take, taken innumerable classes about it and learning, 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 learning. And, uh, but still, you know, an agent would be a great thing. Uh, I still think that you end up, end up uh, doing most of the publicity yourself because it's, it, that's how it is in the world. Um, but yeah. And people uh, want to hear from the author, especially in, in those and those personal encounters when you get to hear someone speaking about their book. You don't want to speak to their publicist. You want to speak to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and here we are on a podcast speaking and to the author. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen yes. the movie Finding Forrester? I don't think oh, I have. A long, a good while ago, yeah. But there's a scene in that movie where, you know, the, the, the author of this famous book is saying, I'm the guy who wrote it. I, I'm not here to read it to you. I'm not the presenter, you know, of anything other than the, the actual text. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. not the act, I'm not an actor here to act out my book to you. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> there are people that uh, do their own audio books and I envy them. Frankly, Doctor Drew. Yeah. He, he, well, I he, think for a nonfiction, it's a wonderful thing. It truly is, because yeah. um, that's you know the power of the author is is right in your ear. God, with nonfiction, with fiction, it becomes a, an it's actor. It's a skill set. You, you need an you actor. You need different voices. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 
you yes. need to be very emotive. I, I love audiobooks when the author, the nonfiction audio, or yeah, the nonfiction audiobooks read by the author. John Chris just released one and he he read the preface on his podcast. And I was like, ooh, this is gonna be a good audiobook. Just hearing him read like the preface, it's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be a good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now, well, anyway, does like obviously like J.K. Rowling doesn't do any of the voice acting for the Harry Potter audiobooks. That, that would be no. interesting. Yeah. Ooh, that could be like a good SNL skit. Get some really big authors to do because they'd probably be bad at it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably. <laughs> I'm an author, not uh, an actor. Write this comedy you, skit. Down. You can hear it in your mind when you're when you're writing, but you can't necessarily make it come out of your mouth. Yeah. So. <laughs> and anyway, I get hung up on the words. So, <laughs> so what can I tell you? And it's so much time. You ever listen to an audiobook and you can tell when they cut or maybe rap for the day and come back and start because the voice kind of, uh, there's yeah. like a new vibrance to it. It kind of tires after a while. And then you can tell, oh, they took a break or, you know, they started a new reading day, a new recording day because the voice is like back and fresh and alive. Oh, fresh and crisp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I took a I took, I took a, a a course in in doing your own audiobook from a guy named Derek Depker D O E P K E R who's really excellent at this. Um, but what what my point I was getting at is that he recommends that you always you always do your recording the same time of the day because your voice mm-hmm. yeah your voice is uh, sounds different. During the day, whether you're getting it's getting tired or not, it's just everything changes, and and so you know little things like that. But you know the great the great ones are are really actors. They they see it and they and they live it, and it's it yeah. becomes just something that the the listener can really jump into. So it's cool. I'll tell you something that I don't enjoy. There's this. It, it, it's become ubiquitous over the last twenty years is the among the performing arts these professions are different like i was a musician not an actor my wife was a musician a musician and an actress she did the stage thing so she could do both the crossovers aren't always there and so it it, it just angers me when pop stars start acting and they're terrible but they're very well connected and they're they're very rich or when a a very good film actor cuts a rap album i'm like you suck as a musician like don't do that you are a talented actor like man it's an art form but it doesn't directly translate uh to this so even to nuance further down what what kicked me off to this is uh there are a lot of actors and actresses that are now and we're not supposed to say that it's supposed to just be actors but i can say what i want because i believe in gendered language just like all of the romance languages have gendered language latin is a gendered language greek and hebrew are gendered languages and so is english um so actors are dudes and actresses actresses is are women or you could just use the umbrella term actor uh but anyway this one specific actress, and I won't call her out by name, she does a lot of voice acting, and she sucks. She's terrible. She plays a few cartoon characters. She's not a voice actress. Voice actors are a thing. 
And some of them are really good. A buddy of mine who has a podcast called The Other You, he interviewed one and she was the voice actress of Knuckles from Sonic and um, Sonic and... Was it called Sonic and Tails or Sonic and Knuckles? Sonic the Hedgehog, whatever. Um, the voice actress that played Knuckles and she's she's in a bunch of commercials and like everyone has heard this woman's voice. She's a voice actress. She doesn't act in movies or on... She did start from the stage and Broadway, but uh, just stick to the disciplines, guys. Like if you're a brilliant singer, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a brilliant actor. Um yeah. yeah, well, tell that tell that to uh, Ice T. Well, there are people who do it all. <laughs> there, there are people who do it all. There's triple threats, and what is it called? The type of person that um, I think he he is he's a terrible person, and he's plagued with a lot of things that I wouldn't wish anyone to be plagued with. Uh, but Ben Platt is a phenomenal actor, singer, dancer. Um, uh, ben Platt is, uh, he came up in Broadway and he played Dear Evan Hansen, which is about a young boy who's suicidal and has a failed suicide attempt. And then a guy in his school commits suicide for real. Um, and his journey with that, and man, dude, flawless performance, incredibly done. Um, but you know, Ben Platt, he's the guy. He can do it on stage, off stage. He's a film actor. He can do television series and he can sing like no one else on earth. Okay. So sometimes it happens, you know, but this, okay. It, it's Mila Kunis. Okay. I'll just say her name. I don't care. Mila Kunis is, Mila. she is not a good voice actress. Um, she's a good actress. She's actually even a good singer. She can do, actually do two of the different disciplines, but she is not a good voice actress. Uh, so come on, Meg. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. Uh, is this it's, audition time? Just... It's a different job. <laughs> I was just, it's funny. I was actually just looking up uh, Stewie giving Brian a hard time on Family Guy about his book. How's that book coming along, Brian? Yeah. Six years you've been working on that. Well, and then here's the thing. So she does Family Guy and to kind of have one foot in, one foot out. She did a good job in Family Guy, but she's almost typecast as a voice actress. So she's voiced other characters and it's terrible. It's not good. What so else she can she sing, she can act, and she can voice act for Meg. Meg. <laughs> like for Family Guy and that's it. <laughs> Um, she's like a dragon and something. I don't know. Pull up her IMDb. Uh, she's like a dragon and some others. It's just not good. Um, I think she's doing Disney movies now as a voice actress. Anyway. We you know, leave. I, I take it she's not uh, subscribed to the show. Oh, well, no. she was. Or, she isn't she anymore. <laughs> no. I, I wish... You know, it is my desire. I'm an ultra conservative person, but it is my desire to have genuine relationships with people with all types of political, oh, ideological absolutely. beliefs. But she is a raging liberal, and I am sure that she would throw up if she listened to five minutes of my show. Um, but hey, she's, so she's a hardcore lip, huh? Well, of course, she works in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, I mean, I. Sure, I'd love to have Mila Kunis on the show. If you're watching, she's not. But if you are, let's <laughs> let's have an interview. <laughs> Come on, kid. <laughs> you could do this. 
<laughs> she shows up as a character from one of her voice acting gigs. <laughs> Come on, she, Meg. Yeah. She says, hey, I was uh, I was listening to your show, and um, I thought it'd be appropriate for me to come as a character. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, we've gotten off in left field. Uh, <laughs> doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Goodness no. gracious. Well, are you convinced you got to write your book? I don't know. Right now? Uh, that's, a, that's a no. Right now? No. Right now it is a no. And that's because, uh, and I've not spoken about it on the show. Actually, I can't speak about it on the show. But I'm I'm working on something of that same order, of that magnitude. That would be huge. It's a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. And that's the main project, you know, at bigger bigger than this show even. Um yeah, so I can't. Uh, I can't take it on right now. But I will reconsider and stop thinking, okay, I'm in my mid-30s, so I can't write this book. Um, I should write a book no matter what. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm going to start. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start working on my outline, actually. I, well, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I, I can spend 10 minutes a day. And that's it. Every day, 10 minutes a day, and just write something down, get an outline going, and just go from there. Screw it. It's going to be my little side project from here on out. They call that, at least in the comedy world, they call that the Jerry Sein- or the Seinfeld method. Uh, Seinfeld, he does 20 minutes a day, but, you know, he's Seinfeld. Uh, but it's 10 minutes a day of uninterrupted writing, and it can be about anything. Nothing. Yep. Stories, jokes, what he ate for breakfast. Uh, so oh, I that's, that and that's what Seinfeld was, right? The show was <laughs> whatever he happens to be doing that day, right? The show about nothing. Yeah. I took that up a while back and I've missed very few days. Um, but And I usually actually end up writing for 15 or 20 minutes because you're always in the middle of something good when the timer goes off. Of course. Um, but Seinfeld, he uh, uh, Jerry has an egg timer. He's used the same egg timer. He uses like the same pen and he uses legal pads. He's got, it's kind of a ritual for him. Hmm. Uh, but it is incredible. It's, I think it's a life-changing habit and I'm very... That's a very good one. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just to get my thoughts, you know, collected and just down even if it's just for me even if i don't publish it at least i have that you know this one thing that you know it, it's probably therapeutic oh yeah oh, it sure is yeah <laughs> interesting yeah. <laughs> let me tell you about something i'm doing which is um because i'm such an egocentric person that i just have to speak i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um I'm starting a Substack, and uh, the first, the first, um, yeah, the first post I put out um, was about you know get off your duff and get get action in your life and get out and vote and yeah yeah yeah. So I'm it's going to be partly political. I'm going to serialize a couple of the previous books there too and other things, but. Um, <laughs> It's, I got, I got one reply and of course, no names, somebody I know who said, I didn't realize that you were something like, you know, for, for murdering, murdering and destroying the country and on and on and on. Oh God. And I, 
I responded saying something like, I'm sorry you feel that way. And the next thing I got was, you know, Trump's Trump is the uh, is um, the Antichrist. Um, I didn't mention Trump's name at all. Yeah. Um, but it was oh, it was just, it was surprising. The Trump the, derangement syndrome. Well, yeah, the the the, the emotion in, in it is just extraordinary. Yeah. So I, you know, got it. So I'll just say this about that, if I may. I think somebody else has already said that. I think it was Steve Allen. But um, you've got to put, you got to be yourself. You've got to put yourself out there. It has to, it has to uh, be genuine. And when you can do that, then I think if the audience finds you, and those don't don't find what you're doing. Worth worthwhile, they weren't your audience to begin with. Um, so, you know, you it's gather you gather unto yourself what you what you sow, and there it is. Um, and it's interesting that this person despises you and your opinions, and yet they're taking time out of their day to reach out to you to tell you how they don't like you. So it's you know that's there's well, yeah, an I, exchange I, going on here. <laughs> to be clear, I don't I don't think she's I I just gave away her gender, but that doesn't mean anything these days anyway. <laughs> no, it um, um, I don't think she despises me. I think she thinks that I'm going down some hellhole and mm. I need to be saved. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so I think she's genuine. I know she is, but she's very impassioned by her thinking. But do you, do you find I'm, that, coming, I'm coming out as conservative. I was going to say, do you find that your political views um, affect your ability to work as an artist? You know, I've always thought no, but it's not true. It's I. It, decisions are made whether one should, in my own, should I should I say that? Should I write that? In this book, there's some, there are some places where it comes out, and obviously, and of course, my faith comes out in this book, mm. um, and the last one too, but more so now. So it's yes, I find myself um, having to consciously say. I don't care. This is what I want to write, and this, this is who I am. Um, and it, it surprised me to figure that out because I never thought I was that way. Mm. But I think that the, you know, which, which, what I call cancel culture and some of my friends on the other side say there's no, no such thing, um, uh, <laughs> it, it, gets, it gets in the psyche and it's mm-hmm. in subtle ways, and we, we become slaves without knowing it. Before before long, we say what happened. Well, we were not, we were not so complicit, but we were not uh, awake. So I mean, that's what that the whole summit was end up ended up being about this fearless, fearless live summit, um, which is no longer available. But I think I'll I'll put it on my Substack, um, probably behind a paywall because I need to do that. Um, but so um, do you have your um? I'm, I wanted to look up your Substack right now. I, I got it right here. Oh, you guys should Joe, subscribe. you're on top of it. <laughs> it's nestandeggs.substack.com, and the link's not available in the description right now, but probably by say 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, it'll be. Cool. So if you're if you're not listening yeah. to this live, if it's not uh, whatever time it is, it's like three. Eastern on a Friday, then it is available for you, or you can just type it in. It's nestandeggs.substack.com. And of course, 
just like he said earlier in the interview, if you just type Robert Anderson in the Substack or the internet, you'll get about 10,000 results of different people. Uh, so it's Robert Wood Anderson. That's how you know you're in the right place. And uh, or go to, or go to the uh, the Revenant Runner on Amazon, and you'll show they'll show all three books down the page a bit. But um, yeah, it's perfect. the third one I want you to get right now, and you can jump back and get the others later. <laughs> perfect. Get it while it's 99 cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's not going to last. That's just not going to last. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I really appreciate you sending me the book and I look forward to finishing it. Um, and uh, I know uh, some, of, some of those uh, contacts that we spoke about, I'll, I'll follow up with them about finishing the book. And especially... Um, I mean, that guy in particular is an avid reader. When I went into his house, there were literally stacks of books everywhere. And you can, um, you know how you can look at books and tell, like there are books that I've not finished, but you can see, it's almost like a building that had a pausing construction. You see the bookmark. Yeah. yeah, you can, and you can just see it just looking at the profile of the book, like, oh, this is where they've stopped. Um, uh, it's just so... Just surround yourselves with books, guys. And and when you're bored or maybe even have really intentional time, pick up the book and just read it. I'm I'm reading so many books right now. Uh, one of them is interesting. Um, it's like I'm like, okay, I gotta pop up this book. I just use the books on my desk. I'm reading humor seriously right now. Um, but man, this book, I was reading it on audiobook, and then I said I gotta get a copy of it. Um it's called Losing Ground by, let's see if I can get it on there, Charles Murray. Yeah. And it's incredible. I mean, it's it's almost like, it's, it's a very Thomas Owl-esque book. It's almost like the Moynihan Report if it were broken out into a 300-page uh, book about socio socioeconomic issues. Um, and it's really interesting. The period it covers is 1950 to 1980 is the research period. Um, but man, guys, especially black and brown listeners, like listen to CNN, what they're saying, and then go and look at um, look at the the truth of poverty in America and the the status of Black America, if you will. And it's just like, oh, something's not adding up here. It's a great book. It's a great book. Um, have to yeah. get it. I'll get it. Yeah. You know what else is a great book? The Revenant <laughs> Runner. So we've said it before. We'll say it again. Make oh, sure you pick it up. It's Robert Wood Anderson. Uh, and, you know, if you're listening to this, this is a visual intensive episode. You should definitely consider watching this. The best place to do it is... Uh, rumble.com slash the Joe Mobley show because YouTube, I mean, we're only on YouTube like every other three weeks now because they're constantly <laughs> banning me. Um, we're on Twitch, Facebook, LinkedIn, Rumble, Getter, Twitter. They'll probably make up a platform tomorrow. We'll be on that too. But guys, Rumble, Rumble's the place to go to get the show. Um, podcast listeners, thanks so much for being here. And radio listeners, of course, we love having you. Don't look stuff up while you're driving because if you're listening on the radio, you're driving. <laughs> you don't listen to the radio anywhere else. You know, we have TVs and phones and laptops now. Uh, so uh, thanks so much for coming on. Case, Robert, you guys got anything? Nice. Any well, I just want to say words? thank you to both of you and your whole audience for sticking to this and listening to this uh, <laughs> S silly crew uh, <laughs> having a good time 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.